0: Coming up on today's podcast, part two, power ranking the best core fours in Major League Baseball. We have the San Diego Padres, number one, the Houston Astros, number two. But how do we round out the rest of the list? Coming up on today's Locked on Diamondbacks podcast.
1: You are locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast
0: Welcome into the Locked On Dynamax podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? the always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, millerthomas 24 On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter. At Creator Thomas 24 for my personal account. Or just look up Locked on Diamondbacks on both Twitter Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. One of those platforms is YouTube, so please hit subscribe on the Locked on Diamondbacks YouTube channel. And now, without further ado... Part two with Sully Baseball bringing down the best core fours in Major League Baseball. But who's your number three team,
1: Sully? Um, well, see, my number three team is completely dependent on one of their top prospects, so I'm kind of cheating a little bit. (laughs) Okay, but the fact any team that has number one and two in the MVP vote with Goldschmidt and Arenado, and then you still have, um, you know. Edmonds is a fine player. They brought in Wilson Contreras. You got good players. Like, you know, like if, if Jordan Walker can turn into the player that we think he can be, mm. then those first two of the core are so good that you can fill in, is it going to be Lars Knutbar? It better be. They better have a candy bar named after him right away. Or Tyler O'Neill, or Brendan Donovan or some of these wonderful players they have on, on St. Lou. I just have a hard time ignoring which one of those two players should win the MVP. Uh, That to me is the foundation of that. And so I'm cheating a little bit there and I put them ahead, slightly ahead of the team that probably should be number three. But I just did that because I, I I, when you have two MVP candidates, you can lower the bar for the other two members of the core. Uh, Maybe I'm cheating there. I use too many for the Astros and too few for the, for the Cardinals.
0: Yeah, the Cardinals, I have them down as an honorable mention. I wrote them down, but my problem is, listen, like you said, Arenado and Goldie, one and two in your MVP voting, is elite for a core four. But it's a three, four spot where I'm like, the talent there in that 3-4 spot, it's just not as much as these other teams in their 3-4 spot. Fair so enough. That's why Fair I just enough. got them down as my honorable mention because my number three team, Sully, is actually the team that was in the World Series and lost to the Houston Ooh, okay. And this one, you could guess, could be considered cheating too because Bryce Harper is going to potentially miss half the season with like Tommy John surgery, right? But – if he's healthy, he's in the core with the newly signed Trey Turner, who's also an MVP candidate. You got the home run leader, Kyle Schwarber, and then maybe the best offensive catcher in baseball and JT Real Muto. I just love the versatility when you have those four guys. Bryce Harper could carry your team. Trey Turner's a speed monster. He's added power. Kyle Schwarber is just a straight-up power monster. Then Jay Real Muto is just doing work behind the plate. I like those four as my third-best lineup
1: in all of baseball. Do
0: you have a fourth, song?
1: Uh, Well, By the way, I think that I, – I honestly think that Harper missing the first half of the season is going to have a positive effect in a way – not that you ever want to remove someone like Bryce Harper from your lineup, but I have a feeling that he's going to come back at full strength in the second half and be a boost to the team and – um and and it's like it will be like making a trade. So if they can if they can stay within contention, you know, for the first half of the season, and then insert a Bryce Harper into the lineup, um, I I think that I think the Phillies are going to do fine this year. Um, I like Toronto hmm. because I think a lot of players in Toronto uh, had years last year that didn't quite match what we thought the back of their baseball card was going to be. But you still have Vladdy Guerrero. You still have Matt Chapman. You still have, you know, George Springer. Who's in the last one? Gonna be? Is it going to be Dalton Varsho? Oh, yeah, it's
0: going to be Varsho.
1: Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, you have, you have, um, you know, an Alejandro Kirk is a good player on there. Could be Bo Bichette. I mean, you have a ton of players there with potential MVP talent. And they were only they were only okay last year. And yet they still made the playoffs. <laughs> they still hosted the wild card series despite being only okay. Um to the point where they had to fire the manager and they didn't really have that MVP that they thought they're going to have if some of those players play closer to what we're expecting. Then I think that's a phenomenal core.
0: You know what, Sully? I have them as my number 4 team as well. Maybe we'll be locked and set these last two spots because I still would have loved if they had Teoscar Hernandez in that lineup. I think he yeah. would have rounded out my top four. I probably would have bumped Dalton Varsho for Teoscar Hernandez. But let's not undervalue Dalton Varsho what he can do for the Blue Jays, because he's not only going to bring 25 home run potential and 25 stolen base potential. By the metrics, Dalton Varsho was like by far and away the best defensive outfielder in all of baseball last season. So to add that to that mix with Kevin Kiermaier, the the Blue Jays outfield defensively is going to be stout. Vlag Guerrero Jr., I think is going to have a huge season this year. Bo Bichette is gonna have a huge season as well. And then I also had George Springer. If he can stay healthy, he was an all-star last season, wasn't exactly the peak George Springer that we've seen in the past, but he's still someone that's not old at all, still in his early 30s. So I still think he's in his prime as well. So I'm going to have the Blue Jays as my number four core. I think they're going to make real noise in the American League. I think in the AL East too, is going to be between them and the Yankees fighting for that division and Mm -hmm. listen they added Chris Bassett to that rotation as well this year so the Blue Jays are in it to win it this season but do you have a number five team Sully before I give you mine Sully and I will continue that conversation, but if you want to bet on who's going to be the best core four in Major League Baseball, then you need to head to FanDuel Sportsbook because the midway of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. LeBron is not healthy right now, but you know who is? Anthony Davis. So my favorite same-game parlay, Anthony Davis, 30 points. Anthony Davis, 12 rebounds, and Lakers get the dub. That one doesn't hit too often, but I still like it when it does. It makes me feel good. So don't miss your chance to get your nose sweat first. Bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash lockdown. That's fanduel.com slash lockdown to learn more. Make every moment more at Fanduel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA.
1: It's funny that like you brought up the Yankees, who have the MVP, um, and Judge, yeah, um, and they have players like, you know, you had a you had a down year from DJ LeMahieu, who a few years ago was a legitimate All Star, and you had a strange season from Giancarlo Stanton. Um, if you know, if Stanton and Judge are playing up to their caliber, then that's the second best one-two punch in baseball, behind uh, Goldschmidt and Arenado. Otani Trout, but we came. We came, and Otani Trout. We're talking not a drop. We're talking like a, a, a cliff. <laughs> yeah, you fall off a three, a, four, a waterfall. The beginning of the mission. Hey, anyone who got that reference? Um, but uh, I know, I know that one. That one was obscure for even me. <laughs> yeah. um, I'll explain it later. Um, uh, hashtag Sully mission. If any of you want, uh, got that reference, but um, the uh, uh, the Yankees can't rely on any of their other players other than Judge to be of an all star caliber. Rizzo could, LeMahieu could, Stanton could, even Donaldson could. One of the one of the the young kids the, I forget all the names of the young kids at shortstop.
0: Well, I was going to say, yeah. How about Gleyber Torres, the man who you, who you would have thought? He would have been the core four guy if this you was know, like a two-year-ago exercise. I, you
1: know, and so it's funny, like there's all those players that would, I just rattled off could have really terrific seasons along with Judge. I just don't think anyone can count on that, which I think is one of the strange paradoxes with this Yankee team whose pitching staff I actually like wow. a lot. I love it, and I don't, I I don't trust their lineup. Their lineup could score eight runs, or we all saw they could get shut out. And so it's strange that you have a team with all the resources and that centerpiece. Um, there you go. By the way, the Red Sox should have a core of Betts, Bogarts, <laughs> Devers, and uh, and Ben Attendy. That should be. There's your core right there. But, uh, you know, dare Sadness. I dream, that's not going to happen.
0: Maybe GD um, at least. Maybe,
1: yeah, GD. And Los Angeles. I mean, they have Betts. They have uh, Freddie Freeman. Mm-hmm. You know, they have, you know, I, I'm still confused with why Trey Turner is no longer there. They don't have Gavin Lux anymore. No. Um, you know, they're, that, that court really, I mean, they have a bunch of really talented young players who a couple of them could explode in a superstardom this year. But, or maybe not, you know, Atlanta has, I think if, you know, whatever version of Ronald Acuna Jr. And Matt Olson you get this year is a great foundation for a core. And I, I think people are still sleeping on Atlanta. Uh, I think they're a wonderful team. The Mets obviously have some tremendous players on their club as well. Um, But yeah, I mean, the, the Yankees are the team that make me scratch my head the most because they have, A player who's just this monster, this Frankenstein monster in the middle of their lineup, and a bunch of people who could really be great, And but look me in the eye and say you're positive that they're going to be great, and you can't.
0: Yeah, and someone like Anthony Rizzo feels like he's like 36 years old, even though he's only 32 years old. Like, this is someone that should still be in the prime of his career. He's coming off a solid season. We have 32 home runs, 800 plus OPS, but you still don't expect all-star level Anthony Rizzo anymore, even though he's still somewhat in the prime of his career. I think Labor Torres is probably the swing player in that lineup because he's still someone that's like 27, 28 years old. He still hit 24 home runs last season. Like, he still has the upside to be a monster power guy in the middle of that lineup and we saw him be like one of the most premier offensive shortstops in all of baseball back in, what, 2019, 2020, and I don't know what has happened to that guy since then, so hopefully he can get back to that for him, but you just mentioned a whole bunch of teams. Before I get to my number five team, let me give you some honorable mentions here because you mentioned the Dodgers had Mookie Betts Freddie Freeman Will Smith and then it was kind of tough to figure out that number four spot in the Dodgers lineup like would it be Max Muncie, who's coming off a bad season would it be JD Martinez who's coming off a down season like it's kind of tough to figure out who's the fourth best player in the Dodgers lineup Chris Taylor maybe but he didn't have a great season either Um, another honorable mention we didn't mention the New York Mets. I thought they had, they were probably the closest team I had to putting them down as the number five team with the Pete Alonzo's Lindor's, the Brandon Nimmo's and the Starling Marte's are really, really good core for it. But, the team that you just mentioned I think is my number 5 team when I look at all the core fours in baseball the Atlanta Braves or Matt Olson, Austin Riley, Acuña, Michael Harris because Acuña and Austin Riley are good enough to do what the Cardinals did where you could have two guys finish in the top 5 of MVP voting and then They're my number five team because I really believe in their rookies last season. Michael Harris is one of those guys. I think he could be in for just a monster season this year where he has, you know, 15 to 20 home runs and then 20 to 30 stolen bases and bats 850 OPS with 290 average and just plays stellar defense in the outfield. I think he could be the swing piece in that team. And maybe even maybe you even get to a place where you're like, is Michael Harris better than Ronald Acuna. I don't know, that might be too blasphemous to say, but I think they're loaded with talent in that lineup. They're loaded in the rotation. I think the Braves are going to be in the mix for the World Series once again. I think they have the fifth best core for right now and we know they added Sean Murphy, which I'm yeah. not on high I'm not as high on that move as other people are, but he's still a very good catcher and that was nice addition to that lineup.
1: I totally agree. I think about the core that could have been um with you Bre- leaving the White Sox, you could have had a core with a Brayu, Tim Anderson, and if Luis Robert and Aloy Jimenez had reached that potential or Moncada, all those players that we all thought yeah. were on the verge of superstardom. And you you know, it looked like they were having those the, the top two right there. Anderson, uh, you know, Abreu was the big slugger in the middle of it. Anderson was the kind of the leader on the field. And if one of those, if those two other players who, you know, both had, were not bad last year, but they, they never exploded into the players and Mokata were like, how many years are we waiting for him to turn the corner? You know, that whites, that's one of the things for my many friends who are White Sox fans and check out Nick Morosky had locked on White Sox. He's a great show there. Um, For the White Sox fans that I've been talking to over this year, that's the thing that makes them most frustrated about the fact that they didn't cut the cord with Tony La Russa fast enough, you know, because he clearly wasn't working. Mm -hmm. And they kind of looked at what they, what happened with the Phillies who fired their high profile world series winning manager early enough to turn the season around could this White Sox team that was still in contention going into the final month of the season, if things had been a little different, if those players had turned. And now, you know, Anderson's still there. Andrew Vaughn is still a fine player. You know, maybe Robert and Jimenez and Mokata can become an interesting core in the South side. But when you lose that Jenga piece of Jose Abreu, that's just, that's just rough to deal with.
0: Yeah, I think everyone's off the White Sox bandwagon this year. Oh, I I am, I am
1: absolutely. But I'm, you know. But the thing, and the other thing, that's so frustrating is that that's a winnable division. Yeah, I mean, yes, Cleveland won ninety something games last year and ran away with it in the final month, but they were only up by one game going into Labor Day, and it's not like they're. I mean, they're a low budget team, and Minnesota finished with a losing record. You know, if the White Sox had their act together. They they could be talking about like this would be like four straight trips to the postseason this year, and maybe this is the year where everything falls into place. Instead, they're going back into rebuilding mode with a new manager and blah 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 blah. And for White Sox fans, it's agony because they had they look like they're putting together something really terrific, and they wasted the Dylan C season that he had last year because Dylan C had a phenomenal season for the yeah. White Sox last year, and that was just that that just was. They were handed an ace season. They were handed a Cy Young contender, and it just didn't work. And, um, you know, I, I, I feel badly for White Sox fans because things were really looking up for them in the COVID year and when they won the division in 2021.
0: Yeah, and it wasn't even all on Tony La Russa. Like, no one thought he was a good Enough of it
1: player. was. <laughs> <Enough> <laughs> a lot of it was.
0: was. But also, it's hard to win games if your best players just aren't on the field. Tim Anderson is perpetually hurt. Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez were petru- perpetually hurt. Lu- Lucas Giolito had, like, a pretty down season by his standards. Like, it was pretty much Dylan Cease, the only guy living up to expectations. Like, Jose Abreu was still a contact machine, but his power, like, fell off um considerably last year. So, it's like... It was a whole combination of things that led to really poor expectations for the White Sox.
1: The Braves won the World Series with an outfield they didn't have. Start going into July, you know. I okay, mean, yeah. they, you could, you could, you could win. Every team has injuries. Every team has injuries. You know, there's always someone in the World Series sitting on the sideline going, "Oh, if only he was in." You know, I don't know. I don't know. But do you know what? We're not riddled with injuries to the point where I'm going to say, "Hey." This is a, we did a good show today.
0: Oh, no, no WBC
1: talk. Well, well, do you <laughs> want let's, let's tease that for our next time because uh uh we'll talk about the WBC. <laughs> maybe we'll have some stuff to talk about there. Yeah. Um, we both have some definite thoughts on that, and maybe we'll see a little who's gone further in there. And we'll and by the way, um send me your tweets at Sully Baseball and Ooh. let me know your thoughts about the WBC, whether you're following it, whether you're really into it whether it's a curiosity, whether you just can't wait for the regular season. Um, I don't want this to be a WBC bashing podcast, but I also don't want it to be a WBC love fest. I want to know what you're all thinking about it. And uh, send, send that to me at Sully Baseball, your thoughts, and Millard and I will talk about when we get when we reconvene after this weekend. Uh, hey, uh, by the way, um, uh, just a warning, just a warning. For those of you who don't like when I bring up things that have nothing to do with baseball, when we get together on Monday, I am gonna be talking a little bit about the Oscars. <laughs> Kyle okay. Sully's obsessed with the Oscars, and there have been some very good movies this year, and a couple that made me scratch my head. Uh, I really, really, really hope Kei Hue Kwan. A.K.A. the kid who plays short round wins the Oscar because he was great in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Yeah, and there were some very there were some very good movies this year. I don't think there's been a classic movie this year, but there have been some good movies, and sometimes that's all you want. But there's always been good podcasts. When I'm here with Miller, and by the way, thanks so much for making Locked On MLB or Locked On Diamondbacks for that matter your first listen. For your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategy. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. Miller Thomas, tell people where you can listen to your show.
0: You can follow me on Twitter at careerthomas24 for my personal account. Look up lockdown dimebacks on Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle, and you could just listen to lockdown dimebacks wherever you stream podcasts. And we're on YouTube, lockdown dimebacks on there as well. And everything, everywhere, all at once. Better sweep the awards for the Oscars. That's all I'm saying.
1: I, 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 I hope. I don't know if it's going to sweep it. I think it's going to win a couple of big ones. I hope Michelle Yeoh wins. No offense to Kate Blanchett, who's great, but she already has two Oscars. And uh, uh, I hope K K Kwan wins, although there are some. Brendan Gleason was great in the Banshees of Insurance. There were some good performances here, too. I digress. Um, follow us at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Breaking down the cores and look at the timer going down. We can't go over time here. This has been Locked On MLB, Locked On Diamondbacks crossover for the eighth day of March, 2023. He's Miller Thomas. I'm your pal, Sully. Let's fist pump and win ourselves an Oscar.
0: That's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into today's podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Diamondbacks News Coverage and Insight, which should be talking to Paul Holden of Locked on Rockies about the... Off season, the Brandon Rodgers injury, and I'm, so, and I'm sure a whole much more surrounding the ineptitude with the Colorado Rockies franchise. So come back tomorrow for more Dimexers covered in Insight. Thank you for making Locked Lockdown Dimex first list of every day. Make your second list of the day, the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast with Matt and Dom, as they will keep you up to date with fantasy draft strategies and analysis throughout the entire season. Come back tomorrow. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Deuces.